DevPro Journal is an online publication built to assist B2B software developers in growing profitable, sustainable, and fulfilling businesses. Today's podcast is sponsored by DataCap Systems and Zebra Technologies. Welcome to the DevPro Journal podcast. Today we're going to be discussing some important trends impacting developers and what steps you can take to position your business for success. More specifically, we're going to talk about the shift from a culture of abundance to a culture of scarcity and how it's forcing us to become more innovative, scrappy, and authentic. To help us out with our conversation, I'd like to introduce Ahmed Bashir, Head of Engineering at DevRev. Ahmed, welcome to the show. Good to be here. So before we dive into the conversation, can you just take a minute to introduce yourself and share a little bit about DevRev? Absolutely. So as you said, I'm uh, leading the engineering team here at DevRev. Prior to this, uh, I uh, had an executive role at Apple. I spent uh, close to 13 years out there working on some pretty cool features like uh, iCloud and messages, FaceTime and notifications. Uh, here at DevRev, uh, hmm. we are building a modern CRM and uh, the modern CRM in our eyes is built on an AI native platform. And really we've got three apps that have, we've built on top of this platform. We've got our product CRM that brings product people, designers and developers onto this platform to obviously elevate the voice of customer and seller uh, and bring them into your sprints and roadmaps respectively. You've also got the growth CRM that brings salespeople, CS marketers and PMs onto the platform to follow the journey of visitors and ultimately land champions and reduce churn, obviously. Uh, and of course, you've got a support mm -hmm. CRM that brings support people, PMs, developers onto a common platform uh, to automate L1, bring assistance uh, and elevate L2 and L3 uh, so that we can be true collaborators as we uh, prioritize uh, the product roadmap. So that's in a nutshell what we are up to at DevRev. Okay, great. So clearly DevRev's position in the market gives you great insight into today, into today's biggest trends, challenges, and opportunities. Uh, let's start by talking about those trends. Can you share a few that you see that are impacting business leaders today and you know, generally where you see things heading? Sure. Let me, let me start with a couple of major trends. I think the first is one that I'm sure a lot of your listeners are thinking about, and that is generative AI. So generative mm -hmm. AI and open AI, these technologies, they're gaining massive interest and adoption. Uh, they're revolutionizing decision-making and they're not really going after the blue collar tasks. These are real white collar automations that we're starting to see. And obviously that comes with concerns around privacy, security, training, and many other concerns as well, but we see a huge opportunity here. Um, and of course, there's the secondary element, which is uh, the overwhelming amount of data in business and personal lives. And what's happening is that decision-making um, is getting more and more complex uh, because of just all the inputs and bring, bringing order to this data uh, is a topic that is, I think, you know, a, a huge trend in, in sort of the modern business leaders' minds uh, today. Uh, mm. And then beyond that, I would say just, uh, you know, related to AI, you just have, have this multitude of models and application-specific 
uh, in uh, LLMs that are coming out. And uh, there's companies that uh, are uh, sort of emerging and trying to understand what this hype cycle is going to lead to ultimately. And uh, I think the fundamental question is, how, how does this lead to uh, improved customer experience or improved mm -hmm. tech support uh, if you do integrate with machine learning automation and blend it with human advice? So I think these are topics that are just front and center today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you mentioned white collar automations. Can you give some examples of what you mean by that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, being able to prioritize the urgent, skipping the noise, uh, personalized efficiencies. Uh, you know, for a white collar user uh, or, or developer, uh, personalized efficiency comes in the form of uh, taking information uh, and personalizing it. Uh, and, you know, that could come in the views that you get to see, uh, the filters that you have, uh, how notifications arrive at your desk, and ultimately how you summarize the information that you're looking at, how you cluster the information that you're looking at. And these are things that large language models do exceptionally well. So between indexing, clustering, summarizing, you're starting to see a lot of this information. You can get even more advanced with sentiment analysis and recommendations. Uh, so all in all, these are, you know, this is where judgment comes in and being able to leverage a large language model. Uh, you know, this truly uh, starts to impact uh, what it means to to be in a role, a white collar role specifically. Yeah. So I know because of your position in the market and how you're interacting with developers, I'm wondering, do you have any insights into the percent of your developers uh, in general who are, who might be leveraging some of these uh, new technologies that you're talking about? Absolutely. I think at a company like ours, all of our engineering team and including actually even people who are not in a purely engineering role, even people who are in the go-to-market roles, uh, people who are in finance roles, I think everybody's experimenting with this. And part yeah. of this is obviously the fact that our, our platform is AI native. We have embedded many of these technologies deep into our products. So even if you work on a work item, uh, there is a overarching uh, sentiment at the very end. In the beginning, we might suggest to you articles that could be relevant to actually solving the problems or working on the work item. Uh, we start to uh, connect uh, product features and capabilities with documentation and articles. Uh, so there's just a number of ways where in your day-to-day -day workflow, uh, this information is either uh, passively or, or more proactively becoming a part of the end-to-end -end workflow for all of our engineers and and many of the non-engineers in our company as well. Yeah, it's hard to deny the power and capability of some of these AI tools that are available today, isn't it? It's just insane. <laughs> it's it's incredible. I think uh, people want to understand how to make it more and more fine-tuned to their applications. And I think it's a very fascinating field where we're going to try to understand uh, what that looks like. I, I sometimes think about media uh, where you know there used to be a time when uh, you know, you couldn't send a text message with an attachment with a video that would be considered an MMS and that was, you know, charged differently. And yeah. uh, there were just so many different implications to actually sharing media. And obviously now we've got uh, YouTube and TikTok and everything else over the last decade. And, uh, you know, uh, technology moves fast. And uh, just like we were able to compress and come up with new transcodings to transfer huge amounts of byte streams related to media, I think we're trying to understand how to take large language models and maybe make them not so large so they can fit in our pocket uh, or be multi-tenant or be fine-tuned without huge implications around storage and compute costs 
And uh, that's the challenge of today. And I think uh, the the decade to follow is going to have, uh, you know, something to say about uh, how far we can get with these technologies. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned, um, you know, having this power in your pocket, because I just was reading a press release, a company called Zebra Technologies, they make mobile handheld computers for warehousing and rugged applications. And they just announced that they were able to get um, some of this AI working on the Qualcomm chips that are embedded in their mobile devices. So the idea is, you know, extending this, the power of AI into the pocket of workers in a warehouse or in the middle of nowhere, you know, working an oil rig out in the middle of the ocean. It's, it's really groundbreaking, you know, so I'm, I'm glad we're talking about it today. I totally agree. I mean, I think we, you know, we've been developed at AI, you know, sometimes people ask me, you know, when did the dot AI come in? And, you know, it's been there since our inception. Hmm. Uh, obviously, this is part of uh, what gave us conviction that now was the time to build a modern CRM. Otherwise, you know, a person might ask, uh, you know, how this all came to be. And, you know, building an AI native platform on top of which a modern CRM can exist and thrive. Uh, that's been part of our core tenet, our core beliefs, uh, as this company came to be. And, you know, I think we've, We've obviously invested a lot since the very early goings. Uh, we we have built and uh, operate our own vector databases, and you know as much attention uh, has been granted to OpenAI or ChatGPT or large language models. I have to say, the success of this field uh, or the ongoing success of this in more applications, uh, you know, especially in businesses and enterprise, I think it relies on a combination of uh, you know, coming up with great interfaces, great design, coupled with using complementary technologies like vector databases and feature stores, uh, combined with large language models of different types uh, to ultimately create the right experience. And, you know, that's something that we value uh, at DevRev. And, uh, you know, if you were to look at our AI strategy, uh, that's part of uh, what, you know, uh, comes together nicely to create this AI native platform that I've referenced. Yeah, good point. Yeah, taking the best of all these different um, products or solutions or technology types, all bringing together the best pieces to make the best possible for solution for your customer. Earlier, you mentioned you know the customer experience, and so much today is centered on the customer experience. Um, can you share some ways that you see business processes changing and need to change in the future to put customers first? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, obviously, you know, we've all heard of uh, PLG uh, as opposed to SLG. So I think there's some huge trends in terms of how you establish scale. Um, what we've seen over the past few decades is that uh, as customers become more technology fluent, uh, their expectations from uh, interactions with businesses uh, start to mimic what they see more in the B2C world than in the B2B world. And that has implications on uh, you know, obviously what uh, design looks like in enterprise applications and also what type of technology you might find in enterprise applications. But going back to customers, I think that uh, one of the number one, like one of the key things that we've seen is uh, business leaders, I'd say the vast majority of business leaders uh, are reporting at this stage uh, a significant increase in just the number of decisions, just compounding of decisions that they have to make every day over the last few years. And uh, I think that this combination of being product-led and sales-led, uh, it adds to that. And you need the right technology uh, to be able to deal with this uh, proliferation of decision-making. 
Uh, also, uh, I mean, I think we've all seen companies uh, that are successful grow. And uh, part of, unfortunately, part of growth is uh, that departments start to grow apart. Uh, and they have more and more siloed approaches to solving problems because they feel like their problems are unique to their departments. And to some degree, you have to appreciate the fact that departments might have unique needs with unique technologies, uh, but you still need some kind of a common knowledge graph. Uh, and, uh, and from our perspective, uh, there's uh, increased decision-making that happens across departments uh, at the same time as those departments are starting to get increasingly siloed. Uh, so that's something that we've obviously seen uh, that ultimately impacts, uh, you know, the customer experience. Uh, and, you know, sometimes people talk about how uh, the shape or organizational hierarchy within a company starts to reflect how the customer sees the company. And, you know, I think as companies get larger and larger and as product led becomes more and more of a serious part of how businesses organize themselves, uh, we're starting to see that trend where, uh, you know, customer success can start to get impacted and, I think customers and their own expectations are starting to change as well. And ultimately, like I said, it's leading to this information overload, this decision overload, which I think uh, we're looking to uh, do something about. Is that where you think um, you see AI playing a role, being able to eventually get to the point where we can trust these systems enough to address some of these decisions that have to be made or to pull important information out of data, things that we might be missing? Absolutely. I think we feel like clustering and really kind of creating a culture of connectedness, mm -hmm. uh, you know, around this customer-centric approach. I think we have to find a way to prioritize that. Uh, and, you know, how do you streamline decision-making? Uh, how do you find, uh, you know, the sort of the, how do you not miss the forest for the trees type of thing? Uh, I think that's super important. And uh, aligning you know, a company, no matter how large or small it is, to, you know, the true north uh, is is going to be critical. And, you know, I think we all understand that that's really, really important. And uh, yeah, we do agree that automating repetitive mundane tasks to focus on more complex issues, uh, that's going to be critical. Uh, we feel like deflection matters, being able to use AI for deflection and clustering and summarization, uh, being able to resolve issues automatically, uh, and get instant support and improve the overall experience. Uh, understanding how to blend syntax with semantic uh, understandings mm. uh, and finding relationships between work that's happening. Uh, these are, I think, critical functions of a sort of highly productive company of the future. Nice. Now, um, I could have led off the podcast by saying you're not paying to be a guest. You're not a sponsor in any way. Um, and without turning this into too much of a commercial for your solutions, I mean, can you talk a little bit about how your solution can help address some of the things that you just discussed there? Sure. I mean, uh, you know, what we say is, look, if you're in the support space, you want to support users, not tickets. If you're, mm -hmm. if you're a builder, you're a product person, you want to build a product. Uh, you don't want to work on projects. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you're in the GTM space, you want to grow customers, not departments. Uh, and, you know, those are, those are tenets that we swear by at DevRev. And uh, obviously, based on what we're doing, uh, you know, we've got, we've got, you know, features and capabilities within our product that, that help with all of those things. So whether it's uh, helping with proactive decision-making, reducing noise, efficient information retrieval, uh, focused summarizations, uh, reducing toil in general, uh, finding ways to 
personalize uh, the experience and uh, fundamentally, uh, you know, bring the right information to the right personas. This is all part of the design of our product and the uh, sort of the, you know, the core, the core value of our product. So, yeah. I mean, obviously I can get into it further, but, uh, you know, I'll just leave it at that and say, you know, for people who are interested in it, they should go and check out DevRub.ai and, you know, we'd, we'd love to show them what it's, what it's capable of. Awesome. Yeah. So much comes back to that experience. Can, can you talk about changing behaviors that you see that um, are impacting businesses related to making customers the center sort of of the whole development process? Yeah, I think, um, you know, we, we talked about uh, reshaping, uh, you know, the problem statement a little bit. And mm -hmm. I think the, you know, we talk about changing culture and culture, as we know, is, is really built off of uh, systems, practices, and behaviors. And so, you know, uh, systems matter. And, uh, you know, obviously, uh, with a system that incentivizes more customer centricity, more product centricity, you're going to start to see uh, a different approach altogether. And um, I think that's really what we're doing here is our platform is inherently product centric and customer centric. That is to say, when we define work to be done in the build space, uh, as you're developing uh, work uh, to be deployed uh, for customers to consume, um, everything from how we orient that work in terms of what components it's associated with, we've created a taxonomy there uh, that I think uh, really helps build that customer and product centricity uh, because we are able to connect it to uh, parts that are consumed by customers. So whether it's a feature or a capability or an entire product line, you can connect your work to it. As the work is getting done, we understand how different services, runnables, libraries that people are working on uh, in a technical space uh, are related to those. And so obviously a system that has that taxonomy, has that schema, uh, and has obviously the knowledge graph on top of that and the powerful AI native capabilities on top of that, uh, you know, that's going to be the stack uh, that allows you to build systems that can uh, sort of incentivize customer centricity and product centricity. So I think that's central to the to the entire effort. All right, great. So I got one last question here for you. Can you share some insight into how you can see how you see leadership maybe empowering developers in this changing landscape? Yeah, I think uh, from my perspective, curiosity matters a lot. I think uh, you even in my past role at, at, at Apple, we used to talk about uh, maintaining at all costs curiosity. I remember mm -hmm. when we had, uh, you know, new engineers joining us, I'd always talk about how there's something that they possess uh, that, you know, they, they really possess it at a, at a um, you know, in, in loads and that's curiosity. And if they can sustain that curiosity for as long as possible, that's going to be a very healthy and successful career. Uh, so I think building curiosity and a data-driven system of record uh, can help systems do more uh, and improve the focus on customer and really uh, address this paradox of growth that we've alluded to. Um, so, in my opinion, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to ask uh, just to follow up. How do you build curiosity or how do you keep that curiosity going? Well, I think part of it is a mindset change towards okay. product-led support um, and you know to address these challenges and prioritize uh, you know, the well-being of both the customer and the developer uh, and obviously the health of the product. Um, I think that ultimately we understand that, uh, and we've alluded to this a few times now in this in this conversation, that growth does create complexity, uh, which can hinder growth. Uh, and mm -hmm. ultimately, systems and software are needed to kind of mitigate this challenge. Uh, and I think 
you know, we have to understand that developers are inherently creators uh, and they need a platform to directly engage with customers. Um, I'll, I'll give you an example. I think that, you know, great, great developers that are, you know, incredibly customer centric, uh, you know, even dating back to decades, you know, since uh, the cloud economy started and even, even the, the client server economy started, I think the original version of customer centricity when it came to developers uh, was building really good dashboards that showed you the health of your product. Mm. Uh, and that was not just a function of understanding how stable your product was, but really understanding how well it was serving the customer. So, you know, a person who's looking at uh, success rates, looking at latency, uh, you know, maybe 20, 30 years ago, that was, at, they were at the vanguard of being customer obsessed because they made sure that the product wasn't just functionally working, but was working and operating uh, in, a, in a stable way. Uh, and of course, since then, we've come a long way. And, you know, being able to take that customer obsession, that product obsession, and, uh, you know, create systems of record that can bring valuable insights to them that go well beyond just the success rates of services, all the way to the ultimately how satisfied a customer might be with a product or where the opportunities and enhancements are that can really elevate the experience ultimately that the product, that the customer has with the set product. We just, we've come a long way and there's just way more we can do now. So, you know, think about that person who was looking at those dashboards and saying, look, I care about my customer. And what we believe is uh, that uh, if we just take that forward uh, into this decade, uh, there's just a lot more that traditional systems and, and, and software technologies can do to help uh, these developers maintain that obsession Awesome. Awesome stuff. Ahmed, thank you so much. Uh, for our listeners who are interested in learning more about DevRev, uh, where can they do that? Absolutely. First of all, it's been a pleasure to talk to you, Mike. Uh, if, if people want to learn more about DevRev, uh, you, they can see us on Instagram at, at DevRev. Uh, more importantly, they can go to our website, devrev.ai. Uh, I'll also mention that uh, in a couple of weeks, we'll be holding our first ever conference over at Levi Stadium in uh, California. So that'll be happening on October 19th. And for those who are interested in registering for that event, uh, I would uh, urge them to go to devrev.ai slash events uh, for more information and an opportunity to register their interest. And uh, we'd love to meet as many of our current and uh, prospective customers uh, over at that event. Very good. Ahmed, thank you so much once again. We appreciate you taking the time and sharing your knowledge with our listeners today. It's been a pleasure. And thanks so much to our listeners for joining us. As a reminder, DevPro Journal is an online publication built to assist B2B software developers in growing profitable, sustainable, and fulfilling businesses. To read more information on this topic and many others, visit devprojournal.com. Finally, I'd like to thank today's sponsors, DataCap Systems and Zebra Technologies. 